This is the Game of Codes on the Raw Show. His biggest sporting debate with a focus on finals. We turn to the NRL Jeffers and what a round it was. The Storm getting up. Just. Gee, I had a good just, weekend. Just a little bit. That was in, that yeah, was, that that was a mess. It was always on the cards. So <laughs> it was. So you don't write Craig, uh, Craig Bellamy team off two weeks in a row. That's a fact. No, no sir. Uh, we got Tim Gore, NRL expert at theraw.com.au joining us. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. <laughs> That's the Canberra Raiders yeah. fan talking. As yeah, it is, it is. You know, we don't have the world's greatest record at home against top four, or in fact, our record at home isn't that great. And we've come up against a side that's got a good record away from home. So, yeah, a bit nervous. It was a great round of footy, but everyone is talking about the refs, mate. Is that fair, or has the media just been way too harsh on them? Oh, the media's been way too harsh on them. Way, way too harsh. You saw uh, Gus Gould going off his brain about the holdback of Jake Trebojevic the other night. Look, I don't personally think that a holdback like that is a professional foul and an instant sin bin, nor do I think that particular holdback definitely stopped a try. But the refs have been consistent on this one. They were doing it last season. Jared Croker did the slightest touch on Gus Crichton last year in a home and away up in the Central Coast and got sin bin for it. They've been doing it the whole time. They've been exceptionally consistent about it. Jake put his hand and he grabbed the jumper. There's no question he did it. Whether or not it had the impact people thought, that's beside the point. It's very much like the punching rule. You know, if, if you put a hand into someone's head at this stage, you get sin bin, as Cam Smith found out. They're consistent about that. We know the rule. So I think it's very unfair of them getting on the rest. My favourite part of all of this is it's a lot of the same people who, for the past five years, have been crying out for consistency. And then we get some consistency in the way that sin bins are handed out. And then they just, oh, let the boys play. It's better. It's, mm. I mean, really, I, I don't have too many issues with any of the sin bins. If, mm. if anything, there, if there was one mistake to do with sin binning over the weekend, it was not sending Micah Sivo to the bin for a blatant shoulder charge. Yeah, um, exactly. Micah Sivo had to go to the sin bin for that. How he didn't go to the sin bin, but Cam Smith did, is beyond me. Yeah, but like those are, and people are using those two as evidence that like Cam Smith shouldn't have been sent to the sin bin. It, it's, they're completely irrelevant. They got the Cam Smith decision right, they got the Micah Sevo one wrong. They're independent decisions. And I mean, really, like lots of people seem to have forgotten how horrible a look it was for the NRL a couple of years ago when they banned punching. And so every player started slapping each other and they had to come out midway through the season and say, hey, if you're going to slap someone, we're going to treat it as if you've been punched. And and that was actually um, in the media release. Brian Canavan, who was head of football at the time, he said, referees will now be empowered to deal with slapping incidents as they would with punches by using the sin bin. And that's Mm. black and white. And those rules haven't changed. So people complaining about Cameron Smith getting sent to the bin and Cody Walker getting sent to the bin, are entirely wide of the mark. There is one thing that comes back to this. We're talking about professional fouls as well. So when Jake Trebojevic pulls the jumper, it's seen as a professional foul, right? I've got no problem with that. I believe it's a professional foul. When Marnie is pulling on Cam Smith and holding him in so he can't run on with the play, that is also a professional foul. So yes, if you're going to send Cam Smith to the bin because he hit him in the head, which he did... In the effort to get off, Marnie had to go too because it was a professional foul. Yeah, I'm not. It is. It is. You have to send a, prov- a provocateur 
off as well. You can't just have someone saying, you know, having someone going out there trying to stir someone up to get a reaction, getting a reaction, and that person going off for for 10. The person who stirs it up also has to go. Has to go. Otherwise, the rule doesn't work. Or Cam Smith could just not hit him in the head. Yeah, no, no. I, look, I, I might be a thug, I might be older. Call me in the Anderthal. There are certain circumstances on the football field where sometimes someone needs to get punched in the face. <laughs> I reckon they should put that in, in the rules and guidelines for next year. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to because it <laughs> really? sounds a lot like a Tommy, Tommy Radonikus rule. <laughs> but I really do think, and a, a lot of the commenters on our forum come out and basically say this, once upon a time, if you tried to do this, what would happen was you'd get sorted out. You know, you had all the stuff coming yeah. out about, you know... Uh, One minute. Uh, Rennie Matua saying, oh, they they tried that in my day, you know, they'd be going off in a body bag. Well, that, that might have been harsh language, but in reality, it's true. If you tried something like those things, natural justice would sort it out. We've now been denied natural justice, but no one is policing the grubbiness that the natural justice basically demands, you know, that, that it brings on. It makes everything very underhanded. There's something very honest about Paul Gallon punching Nate Miles in the face. There really is. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to let that one go straight through to the keeper and touch back quickly Nate Miles on the manly twisting one. His arm, twisting his leg, doing all sorts of vile things in the oh, tackle. And Gallon said, I'm going to stop it. And he punched Nate Miles in the head a number of times, and Nate Miles stopped it. That's all I'm saying. It worked. I couldn't agree more, Tim. That's the <laughs> way games should be played now and in all sports as well. All codes. I just don't have time to make my point now. <laughs> That's all Moving right. on. That's good for the league, actually. Uh, oh. This is the Game of Codes on the Raw show. His biggest sporting debate. We're joined by NRL expert at theraw.com.au, Mr. Tim Gore. All right, let's look to the losers of the weekend. Manly and Parramatta, who got absolutely pumped by the storm. I don't know if I've mentioned it. Go the storm. No, you haven't, actually. What we're, were you just saying? We're back, baby. We are back. Um, which team do you reckon can back it up next year, Tim, or can both back it up? Uh, look, Parramatta is anyone's guess. It's, you know, there's Forrest Gump spots of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't. You have no idea what you're going to get. Sometimes you're going to get the, the praline, which is going to be delicious, and sometimes you're going to get that dark chocolate thing, you know, with the, the cherry sort of stuff. It's a liqueur, and, you know, you get it at Christmas, but you try and re-gift it. That's sort of like the Parramatta. Manly definitely can. Manly with a victim of circumstances, with all those great players out, it really took a sin binning of one player to change that match and for them to lose it. They were fantastic. They, they are back. They're going to be competitive. They'll make the top four next year. They have every right to feel unlucky. They were fantastic this season, and their supporters should feel proud. I think one thing that's important to keep in mind with both of these sides is how absolutely terrible they were in 2018. Parramatta mm. finished wooden spoon, six wins for the year. Manly was second last. They only had one more win than the Eels mm. for the entire season. So for both of them to not just bounce back into the finals, but to go close to making the top four, made the semifinals, even though Parramatta have been blown out of the water by Melbourne Storm, um, that was just bad circumstances for them. And you talked uh, about- Look, who wanted to stand in the way of the Melbourne Storm after that? That's it. The Melbourne Storm were going to kill anything that was in front of them. No, that, that's exactly it. And you've got a relatively young team with a somewhat, you know, some unexperienced players in their spine coming against coming up against one of the most hardened, finals-proven teams in the entire competition. It was always going to be an yeah. absolute mess, and that's what it was. One thing I like about Parramatta is while I've mentioned their spine is lacking a bit of experience, there's a lot of talent there, which is going yep. to put them in good stead. I mean, 
Mitch Moses might be coming off his best season as a professional footy player. Clint Gutherson signed on for the next three years. The, the, the exciting player in there, though, is Dylan Brown. Really, really impressive rookie season. He's only 19. He's a 5'8", who's still a teenager, and he makes 85% of his tackles. Like That's incredible, mm. and offers... You know, plenty in attack. Scored four tries in 14 appearances this year. Those 15% of tackles he misses, they were usually quite diabolical consequence. It's very much like when you're looking at Dylan Napa's missed tackles. Yeah, he only misses two a match, but they often lead to tries. I can't say I've watched Parramatta that closely to to uh, pinpoint yeah. the uh, the exact consequences of them. But for someone of, of that age and that lack of experience, that that's a really good good sign. He's very good. They, they've very also good. signed Regan Campbell Gillard uh, for next year as well. He's going to add some yeah. starch to the Ford pack. So I actually I think Parramatta are in pretty good shape. Um, to stay at the in the right half of the table. Um, also worth pointing out, they've found a real good in, in Marcus Sivo. Um, had a bit of a yeah, brain explosion on the on the weekend, but leading leading try scorer for for the entire competition this year with twenty two. He's he's going to be a he already is a fantastically exciting player to watch. And look, getting getting Blake Ferguson in as well. When a lot of us thought, gee, what are they doing there? Well, didn't he prove to be yeah. just from the wing? As influential as he was, he really is the goods. I mean, the, us down here in green might not like him that great that much, <laughs> but he's a good player. I mean, that might be one concern for Parramatta is that probably two of their best three or four players are, are wingers. Um, mm. that, that's not really where you want the bulk of your quality, but um, I, I think they're going to be all, all right. Brad Arthur's a very good coach. He showed that this mm. year. Um, well, just we're like certain that Des Hasler is. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. He's done wonderful things with Manly, and the number of players who have had career-best years under Des Hasler this yep. year is remarkable. M- Moses Suley has shown why yep. there's so much talked about him. Adam Fanua Blake, Corey Waddle, and yep. and Ruben Garrick also very good. Brad- Ruben Garrick, let's talk about Ruben Garrick. <laughs> oh my God, how good is he? And Brad Parker. I mean, yeah. Brad Parker. I didn't even think was a footballer, but he is under Des. Yeah. Oh my God, he's good under Des. And then he got Gaseski and Waddell into the second row when everything was down, and they looked as good as anyone else on the field. It's it's like um, Verrills, Sam Verrills at, at the Roosters. Like that's not a fill-in player. That's the that's the real deal. Yeah. And, and, and with Des Hasler. They're going somewhere. That that is the Manly's back. My one concern is they've thrived as being underdogs this year. That's not going to be the case next year. They'll have a target on their heads. Can they replicate the same form um, when they're considered a genuine contender? I think they can. Well, that's all we got time for, and Tim Gore says they can, so they can. Jeffers, this is Game of Codes on the Raw Show, his biggest sporting debate. We're joined by Tim Gore, NRL expert at theraw.com.au. Thanks for joining us, legend. No worries. On the Raw, Game of Codes, Australia's biggest sporting debate.